Tom Kisslingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Fellas, the last few weeks we've been working on these consensus tiers. We covered quarterbacks, moved on to running backs, and then last week we covered our wide receivers. The first episode, the quarterback episode, was pretty smooth. We were, we were in consensus for the most part. It got a little more difficult in week two when we covered those running backs, and week three was a mess with all those wide receivers all over the place. I think we're going to come back down to earth with our tight end tiers episode this week, going over things ahead of time. Uh, the, the, the order, at least, is similar. The tier breakdown is a little bit different, so there's a conversation to be had there. Hopefully, this series has helped out our listeners and at least got them thinking if they're in trade negotiations or maybe doing those startup auctions or drafts where the they value these players had some good conversations on twitter so keep that happening you can catch matt at matt price ff ryan is at ryan mc 23 and i'm d myler 22 but before we move on to our tiers let's bring in matt ryan uh how's it going you ready to talk some tight ends yeah, I'm ready. I think I think it's going to be uh, a good conversation. There's a few outliers here that I'm really interested to hear about. Uh, but as you said, overall, the, the order of these players is pretty similar for all three of us. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I, I'm higher on some than you guys, lower on some than others, so it should be a good conversation. But overall, this is a much easier exercise, I think, than the uh, than the wide receivers and running backs were. And it's kind of exciting to see, you know, 10 to 12 tight ends where at least I'm pretty excited about to be a, a starter for my team. It pro- seems like it's a lot deeper position than it's been in, in the past few years. Yeah, and there's some talent that's going to join these ranks in the coming weeks as well, or or at least the next month or two, as these rookies get kind of sprinkled in. Before we get to all these tiers, Matt, we've been talking a little bit about how the we're going to fill these three openings in the DLF Listener League. Fill the listeners in again on that. Yeah, there's still time to, to join up and join the drawing to get in the Listener League against the three of us. To, to, to get in on that drawing, you just go to safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphans. If you're going to claim a you know an orphan team this year anyway, you might as well do it with our buddy Scott Fish. When you go to that URL, you're going to use the code DYNASTY, and that'll uh, get you into the drawing. And uh, at some point, we'll get you some kind of bonus uh, on safeleaguesfantasy.com for signing signing up. So uh, appreciate you doing that. We already have uh, half a dozen or so people that have locked in their spot in the drawing, uh, at least one that has, has bought two teams. Uh, so they're going to get double the opportunity. So if you want more than one chance to be in that drawing uh, to, to play with us, then, then definitely buy more than one team. Yeah, so again, safeleaguesfantasy.com slash orphan. Use that code DYNASTY, like Matt said. We've we've had a few, but we're looking for a few more. we got a little bit of time, but now's the right time to be grabbing these orphans, getting ready for rookie drafts that are right around the corner. 
All right, guys, let's get into these consensus tight end tiers. And I think we got to start at the top, as we always would, with George Kittle. All, all three of us have him in tier one. But Ryan, you have him alone in tier one. Talk a little bit about your decision there to make Kittle or, or put that tier break between Kittle and the rest of these tight ends. Sure. It goes back to some of the same conversation we had with the quarterback position with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, the running back position with McCaffrey and, and Saquon Barkley. And it, it just comes down to if I'm in a startup draft, if I'm talking trade, I would not consider anyone else over George Kittle. I, I don't think there's any conversation right now uh, when it comes to him versus Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, or, or anyone else that, uh, that somebody might consider. So, uh, for me, that puts him in the top tier all by himself. Yeah, I, you know, Ryan, I considered that. I thought long and hard about it. The thing that I came back to is the trade negotiation point that we've talked about a few times throughout this series, and that's if I own Kittle and somebody's floating Kelsey and, I, and I'm getting something else in that deal, I'm talking about that trade. I think it's relatively close. And, and even if I'm in that startup and, and Kittle goes and there's a little bit of time that passes, some picks that – that go by where enough space has been made, you know, and it's not a drastic amount of space. I feel really good about Kelsey being that top guy. He's also one of the guys, Matt, that I feel has a chance to finish as the tight end one in the coming years. Maybe that can't be said about this next tier. So personally, I had Kittle and Travis Kelsey as the only two in tier one. Matt, you stretched it out a little further than that. Yeah, I've got Andrews here uh, and Ingram as well. Uh, Andrews, I, I, I just, I don't know. He's he's really good, and he's in an offense that, that wants to target the tight end, and there's not really any proven receiving weapons outside of him right now. Marquise Brown looked great in stretches, but, you know, we don't, we're not sure if he can be a true wide receiver one. Miles Boykin, you know, he he flashed here and there. He looks like a, a definite threat in the end zone. But Andrews seems to me to be the absolute target in the passing game at this moment. And, you know, you have to think this team adds some wide receivers, but, again, they're going to be young. They're going to be rookies. It's not that Andrews isn't young either at 20 three but it's he I feel like he has proven at this point he's proven to have that ceiling uh, I guess there there's a question of the floor if that the Ravens get you know way, way far ahead and the game script dictates that they can just run all day uh, but that offense is going to have to change a little bit from 2019 I think and and Andrew seems right now the focal point of it and teams where the or tight ends where the team has them as a the focal point of the offense I think they're you know have that ability to finish as a tight end one overall so I think Andrews is definitely there Ingram uh, I know I was going to catch some flack for this one, but he's still in that top tier for me. The only question with him really has been his injury history the last two seasons. Last year, uh, he played in eight games, only started in six. And in those six games that he started, I guess in the eight overall, uh, 44 receptions, 467 yards, three touchdowns. He finished as the tight end six overall on a points-per-game basis, uh, 13.7 points per game. Uh, some guy we're going to talk about a little bit later, Noah Fant, in, in twice as many games only finished with .2 points higher, uh, 0.2 points more on the season than Evan Ingram did. So uh, he's still right there for me. It's just a question of health with him. And I think he's the best downfield threat on that team still. Uh, a very good route runner. I think we, we talked about it a little bit before the show that they're probably going to add another weapon there. You would think they have to, even with Slayton emerging. But right now, Evan Ingram, I think, is the best target in that passing game. So he's right there with those guys for me. You know, Matt, I – 
I'm a big Andrews and Ingram fan as well. I've been, I've been a truther for Ingram, just like you have. Uh, have him on a lot of teams, and that injury history that you mentioned is just enough to to bump him down for me. I, I really like the upside. I love putting him in my lineup when he's listed as a starter, but as all the Evan Ingram owners know that are out there, it is every time he gets tackled, every time he kind of limps off the field, you're you're kind of rolling your eyes and saying, "Here I here we go again." Hopefully, he can get over that stigma and and become that that guy that we can count on week in and week out. I think that's the thing that bumps him down for me. And then, as far as Andrews goes, because of the running quarterback and the offense that they use, because of the downfield threat that's already in place and and what looks like. Um, reading the tea leaves like like the like the Ravens will probably continue to add pass catchers in Baltimore I really like Andrews he's a guy I want as my tight end one obviously but it feels like he's just a tick below Kittle and Kelsey for me that's why I I did make him the number three and and Evan Ingram the number four tight end on my list they're just closer to the Hunter Henry and Zach Ertz and Noah Fant that group than they are to Kittle and Kelsey yeah, I think that's all fair, and and when it comes to Kelsey and Andrews, they are obviously in my second tier, and they're they're alone in my second tier. But I, I can kind of see Matt's point here. It would be really close, and or, or I should say, I'm I'm really close to putting Andrews above Kelsey. It's really all about age at that point, and and how much how much younger he uh, Andrews is. Yeah, the age factor is a big one for sure with Kelsey getting up there, but. Just the just the overall production of Kelsey and how long he's done it, you know those tight ends do tend to break down as they get older. He hasn't shown any signs of that. I'm still willing to put him in there. I had Andrews in the in the top tier along with Kittle and Kelsey until just before we kicked off the show, so I don't have a problem with with them being real close in the rankings. I guess the the three of us each have Kittle in tier one. How how willing are you to make? one of these other guys or multiple other guys, Ryan, part of this tier. Well, you guys both have Kelsey in the top tier. And, and so I, I certainly wouldn't argue too hard against him. As you said, with some of the other guys, I'd, I'm still very glad to have him uh, on my rosters where I do. I, I just see a little bit of a gap between he and Kittle. So Kelsey in, in the top tier, uh, I definitely understand. And, and then it's, it, it becomes an Andrews conversation. And, and really the discussion is, is Andrews closer to Kelsey or is he closer to Ingram Fant? Some of these other guys we'll get to. I think he's closer to Kelsey. So if we're moving Kelsey to tier one, then I think we should move Andrews to tier one as well. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, Andrews is already there for me, so I'm happy to have it. Uh, Andrews did play two more games than Kelsey uh, than Kittle did last year, uh, but he did outscore him by, by a point <laughs> in the overall scoring. So uh, he's right there for me. I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in tier one. Okay. That sounds good to me. Kittle, Kelsey, and Andrews make up our consensus tight end tier one. Let's move on to that tier two. We've already talked a little bit about Evan Ingram. Uh, this really moves things around for you, Ryan, quite a bit. Moving Kelsey and Andrews up to one really creates a second tier that is similar to what Matt and myself have. Let's talk about this group outside of Evan Ingram, who we've already talked about. Who's that next guy that you think falls into line? Yeah, for me, it's Fant, and and I think those two are really close. Uh, I just drafted Fant in a startup draft and essentially drafted him over Zach Ertz, had the chance to get Ertz, and 
passed that up and, and waited and, and took Fant just a couple of picks later. So I obviously think very highly of him. I think uh, he and Ingram are close in value at this point. And th- but there's there's a lot of nice tight ends in this in this tier. This uh, I guess what would be the second tier, like Matt said at the top, it's it's a really strong time right now for the tight end position. Yeah, it is. And and I agree with you. Evan Ingram, Noah Fant are relatively close. Matt, you were the one that, that bumped Noah Fant down to Tier 3, and you, you covered him a little bit. Other guys you have in Tier 2 are Hunter Henry and TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, and Dallas Goddard. Fant, there's a tier break for you there. Talk just a little bit more about that, and, and then what about those other tight ends makes you want to take those guys over Fant? I just think those guys, I guess with the exception of Hawkinson, is, uh, are, are proven producers for us and guys that I trust in my lineup every week. You know, if, I'm, if I don't get one of those top guys, I'm going to be looking at, at Henry or uh, Waller and Goddard. A little bit less to extend to Ertz. I mean, he, he's still fine too, but I think obviously having him the same tier that Goddard is pretty much the equal of him right now. But I think both of those guys are, are pretty much startable on an every week basis. Um, whereas Fant, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit worried about. I don't like the quarterback situation i don't like the coaching staff i i just i i've I've heard we've heard things in last season how his work ethic was a little bit questionable and things like that i just i have a it's just a completely gut feeling i have no problem putting him up there with those guys the upside is certainly there athletically from a physical standpoint to be there uh with those guys but just something in my gut says that he's not ready for to be that every week starter for my fantasy team so that's not to say you can't draft him first and then draft your starter at the position later and let fan continue continue to develop uh but in in terms of where he fits with these other guys he's just a little bit cut below but i certainly understand having him in this tier like ryan said it's a big tier ryan and there there's a lot of different types of talent some guys that have been around the league for a little bit like zach Ertz, other guys that are waiting in the wings to become one of those big names like noah fant and maybe you even put ingram in that tj hawkinson's one of those guys this is a tier that that has a lot of youth but it's kind of spread all over with what kind of tight end you're gonna get yeah it really is i mean we've got Ertz, who is obviously established he's been uh, a top top three top five option for the past few years now and i, I think many uh, dynasty players and, and certainly seasonal players would still value him as that tight end three uh, or, or at least tight end four if you want to mix Andrews into that group but for me there there's just enough concerns and and there's so many other strong options that are younger that I think Ertz falls down the falls down the ranks for me but then we've got the the recent breakouts Hooper and Waller uh, and, and then the the young guys coming off their rookie year in Fant and Hawkinson. And uh, to go back to Matt, I would just, uh, I guess I would just question Fant versus Hawkinson. You know, some of the same things you said about Fant seem like they could be criticisms of Hawk as well. I feel a lot better about Stafford, but there's, there have also been trade rumors with him. So if Stafford's not there, how, how do you have Hawkinson so much higher than Noah Fant? 
No, no, you're totally right. I, and I should have him probably the tier below if I'm going to have Fant there. Uh, I guess I was discounting the fact that, you know, Hawkinson, with all those con- concussions, you hope he gets that figured out and doesn't get hit in the head 50 times again in, in 2020 and that he doesn't have to play with David Blau and Jeff Driscoll <laughs> yeah. and these guys. I guess I was just kind of basing that uh, on that. But, no, you're right. From a production standpoint, he's the one guy in this tier uh, that I, you certainly could not trust on a week-to-week basis right now. You know, he came out and had that huge week one and then basically nothing for the rest of the year so uh, I, could, I could definitely see him either a tier below with Fant or we can we're just going to move Fant up is what's actually going to happen so I'm happy having him there in that same tier with Fant just based on that upside with those two guys okay so tier one one went George Kittle Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews then a little bit bigger tier in tier two with Evan Ingram Noah Fant Hunter Henry TJ Hawkinson Austin Hooper Zach Ertz Darren Waller and Dallas Goddard. So that pretty much covers the tight end ones. I guess that's 11. We still have one to get into. There is, There are some interesting names here to go as well, Matt. I just wanted to pick out uh, Hooper real quick here since we didn't really mention him too much. You know, he's going to be a free agent. There was a report, I think, today on Roto World that he's going to demand $11 million a year. Like, how do we – I know he had a great season, you know, after several seasons of mediocrity, uh, but I, don't, I just want to get – take you guys a temperature on him like is he comfortably in the second tier for you and like where was he at you know last year at this time I, I, he's somebody that I'm, I'm pretty nervous about especially if he doesn't stay with the Falcons I'm absolutely nervous in fact he was a, a fringe tier two guy for me and what it came down to is the production pointed a lot closer closer to the Darren Waller and Dallas Goddard the end of tier two for me than it did the top of tier three so while that free agency looms and you wonder how he'll fit in if he moves on to another team uh, the production that he put in particularly in the first half of 2019 makes you makes you feel good about at least putting him in your starting lineup at the beginning of 2020 and, and probably beyond that. I, I don't think there's reason for huge concern here, Ryan. How about you? I would agree. I, it does seem like, based on all the reports we've heard, uh, including Matt, the one you mentioned, that Hooper is probably going to be gone from Atlanta. Uh, even with their overall struggles from a, a record standpoint, I don't view that as a good thing. Uh, of course, Atlanta is an, is an offense we want to chase with, with Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan there. So moving on, I, I, I don't necessarily view as a positive, especially just with the unknown that brings. Something that's viewed as a poor landing spot uh, could easily bump Hooper down. You know, if he is if he is just chasing the money and signs with the Jets or I don't know the Jaguars or whoever, then it would be tough to keep him in this tier. Agreed. A couple other guys in this tier that we didn't cover all that thoroughly. Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller. Anything to add on these guys and and how excited you are about them being your tight end one in 2020? Henry, I'm, I think I'm fine with, but you know he's a free agent too, so there's there's certainly a chance he won't be back with San Diego. And even if he is, he's not going to have Philip Rivers there, so he definitely won't be back with San Diego. <clears throat> We're saying that for Henry. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay. I can see. I mean, I can certainly see that (laughs) he's out of, he's out of San Diego. Ah, Damn it. (laughs) He will not be back with Los Angeles. Thank you. Two two years in and I still can't get it. Put a dollar in the jar. You live in San Diego. (laughs) I know. It's how much I wish you saw the team. 
Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, if he does come back, I'm perfectly happy with him with Tyrod. Or if they decide they want to move up and try to get to uh, scoop him up at number two, you know, try to try trade up there and get him. The outlook is still good for him, but he's a guy who's had certainly had injury concerns as well. But when he's been on the field, he's produced. I don't think he quite has the athletic profile of these other guys in this tier. Um, so that's that was always a concern of mine coming out was the athletic part of him. Uh, but you know, he's he's produced when he's been on the field, so he's I think he belongs here for now. And when we get into this tier three, like this tier three guys are kind of like the all upside tier for me, where guys I'm certainly not comfortable with as a starter, but Henry's still there, I think, even if he ends up on a new team. Yeah, I agree with that on on Henry. Uh, some of the same concerns and and questions as with Hooper with him being a free agent and with him certainly unless unless he follows Philip Rivers to wherever he lands he is going to be playing with a new quarterback if you're just looking at Henry versus Hooper I feel a little safer with Henry I think uh, if you're just saying they're going to land somewhere and we don't know uh, where that might be but but those two are close Waller you know I just look at that and think that was that was kind of a rough situation questionable quarterback play maybe they try to upgrade it it looks looks like we've seen some of those rumors that uh car could be gone and and maybe they sign someone or or draft someone so if there's any kind of quarterback upgrade that has to be viewed as a positive for waller but he was also essentially the only option in that passing offense so we know they're going to try to bring in a wide receiver uh in for las vegas now i'm going to get that name right uh, Matt, but we know we know the Raiders are going to bring in a uh, a receiver upgrade, and it's just a question of how much that hurts uh, Waller's production and and his opportunity. Yeah, Darren Waller was another guy that I struggled with a little bit throughout doing my rankings. You know, such a good first half of the season, then got the got the contract extension, the big money, and and really fell off the fell off the dynasty landscape a little bit until he made a made a few plays late in the season that also coincided with Hunter Renfro having a, a good kind of finish to the season in the slot once he came back from an injury. So there are some question marks for sure surrounding Waller. Like we've said with all these guys, they're they're closer to the the group in tier two than they are to the guys we're about to talk to talk about in tier three. I did want to mention Dallas Goddard really quickly. That production, it, he profiles so nicely in that offense, and you know now they're using more two tight end sets. There are still so many dynasty owners out there, guys, that are scared off of Dallas Goddard because of Zach Ertz. Um, his value would be would be at the high part of this tier. If not for Ertz, um, nice investment guy still. I, I really can't believe talking to other dynasty owners in leagues how, how people are scared off of Goddard just because of Zach Ertz, even though Goddard had such a strong second half to 2019. Before we move on to Tier 3, guys, we should talk quickly about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, now is your chance to prove it. If you're listening to this program, you're probably already a Dynasty owner. But maybe you haven't heard of DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner is not your typical fantasy sports game. It's for smart, elite fantasy football players. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. They don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts or salaries. Instead, they use the ones from actual NFL player contracts and salaries. 
you manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. There is no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, fantasy free agency matters, every contract matters. Dynasty Owner just finished their beta season in 2019 and are now working on a mobile app for iOS and Android, and it's going to be ready for rookie drafts in May. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. Join the big leagues of fantasy football and sign up for the wait list at DynastyOwner.com. That's www.DynastyOwner.com. Let's talk tier three, guys. We have a lot of consensus rankings here. Guys like David Njoku and Tyler Higby, Irv Smith Jr., O.J. Howard, Ian Thomas, Jonu Smith, Mike Gusecki, and Gerald Everett. Let's start with you, Matt. What are your thoughts on this group? It seems like there's definitely a tier break between these guys and the tier above, with the exception of maybe David Njoku, depending on how Dynasty owners feel about him. Yeah, I think... At the end of tier two, I think what do we have? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about ten guys there, and tier tiers one and two combined. And you know, I think this is the tier where the the, the tier end at end of tier two is where we're comfortable having them being our starting lineup. These guys at tier three, some of them we used to we used to think we were comfortable with it, and then other guys we are just kind of true upside guys. Some guys that have performed really well in spurts, like Higby and Everett, for example. Uh, O.J. Howard was a guy we I was super excited about last year, and uh, that that didn't work out too well. Um, and Najoku uh, upside for days. He got hurt in week one and really wasn't the same last year. It was kind of like a lost season for him in in year three. And uh, John o. Smith came on at the end of the year when when uh, Delaney Walker was out. And now we've got Greg Olson going to Seattle. So Ian Thomas is sort of certainly uh, in this tier two, I think. So uh, these guys are all the ones that. I think have the chance to ascend into tier two, you know, a, a couple of them, you know, athletically maybe can get into tier one with a really good season, but this is the group I think we're really watching in, in 2020 to see what happens with them. Cause they're either going to go up or if they continue to do nothing, they're going to fall down than the ranks here. So this is probably the most interesting tier for me. I like the way that you put that Matt, that these, these are the guys that have the chance to move up. It, it seems like I felt the same way when I was putting together my rankings I left left out guys like Jared Cook and Eric Ebron I I didn't see that great upside there were some there there's a lot of youth in this next tier that we're going to talk about in a few minutes as well but these guys have shown something on the field guys we're excited about Tyler Higby is a guy I considered for tier two that finish to the season was so strong and and I think every dynasty owner out there is thinking about that throughout this offseason how do we value him should we value him based on that finish when Gerald Everett for the most part was missing from the game plan because of injury so it, it's a difficult place to be I, I've seen dynasty owners out there acquiring Ty- Tyler Higby and, and kind of betting on him to be the guy that we saw towards the end of 2019 Irv Smith is another guy that considering the youth Kyle Rudolph is still in Minnesota so there's a question of how much playing time there's going to be for Irv Smith to, despite how athletic and, and how good he looked when he did get on the field and then Matt you mentioned Ian Thomas and Janu Smith still have youth on their side guys that uh, have more and more of an opportunity every day. It seems like going to be the guy in those cities in 2020 and, and probably beyond. I did mention Mike Gusecki and Gerald Everett that all of us had them in this tier. Matt, you actually didn't have Gusecki or Everett. So we'll talk about them in a moment. Ryan, anything to add to this group of Najoku, Higby, Smith, Howard, 
Ian Thomas and Janu Smith. Sure, I think there's a couple of interesting conversations here, and uh, we already talked about the, the Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson uh, comparison, and and those those players that end up in the same draft class always get linked together. We're still doing that with with OJ Howard and uh, David and Joku, and both of those guys are players that were pushing the top tier just a year ago, especially OJ Howard, who got a ton of hype. Uh, with the new coaching staff and the new offense there in in Tampa Bay, and and they were both major disappointments. Uh, in Joku with the injury, it, it's tough to uh, put too much on him. But even when he returned, he was he was basically in the doghouse. I think he was actually even a healthy scratch late in the season, if I remember correctly. And then it was a similar situation for Howard, who who just failed to ever really make a difference in that offense. So those two guys who we thought were potential top five tight ends are now outside of the top 12 and and at this point they could go either way it wouldn't be a surprise with a, a breakout season to to see them back in that uh, close to that top tier or this time next year they might be on waiver wire so I, I think those two are a couple players that dynasty owners have to make decisions on for me they're both uh, I've seen them get so cheap both in drafts and in uh, in trades that I think they're worth investing in. Yeah, I, I'm especially interested in investing in Najoku because of the coaching change and and just the general feel that in Cleveland there's so much talent there and and they have so many things in place that they got to figure this thing out. Um, so much of the blame fell on that coaching staff that is now scattered around the NFL rather than in in place in in Cleveland. Um, while we don't know a lot about how Stefanski will run things in there and, and what you can take from his offense in Minnesota is maybe questionable because of the uh, because of the defensive philosophy of the head coach there, there's there's reason for optimism for sure. So Najoku was the easily towards the top of this tier for me Higby fell into that as well. Irv Smith was an easy choice for me. Another guy that I still have have a high hopes for Ryan is our guy, Mike Gusecki, a guy that we, we both were relatively high on coming out of Penn state, loved that athletic profile, thought he would fit in well, even in Miami in that dysfunction there, having a pass catcher in place for whoever was under center, that things would work out. He showed some signs in 2019 of that seam stretcher, that guy that could get down the field, but also be that, that, security blanket underneath when needed. So it feels to me like he took a really nice step forward in year two, despite the up and down production from a fantasy standpoint. Um, If he can become just a little bit more, if he can become a little bit more consistent, it feels like he could make that. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, it, it, we, I think we're still thinking of him as that as that bust uh, because he was, for most people, the tight end one in that rookie class a couple of years ago. He was the top 12 tight end this past season. And say what you will, I mean, Jason Witten was one spot ahead of him. So, you, you know, not all tight end ones are uh, necessarily necessarily players we should be chasing. But I definitely think he made a huge step. And uh, I, I think we have to be valuing him in the same range with – Guys like Johnny Smith and Ian Thomas, who are probably even more unproven. Matt, your thoughts on Gasecki? Because you were the only one that left him out of this tier. What are your main concerns with him moving forward? Yeah, I guess I just 
it's it's probably wrong but again a gut feeling that he just doesn't have quite have the same upside as these guys uh but you're right that production towards the end of the season was really nice um you know with ryan with ryan fitzpatrick out there it's gonna probably be another good season i do think with preston williams coming back that he drops all the way down to maybe the third option in that offense but that's the same same thing that you can say about john U. smith and probably ian thomas and and certainly the the tight the the tight ends and for the rams as well so uh it's probably an oversight of my part and i can certainly see him being up there and in tier three so we're gonna move him up tier three consists of seven tight ends, David Njoku, Tyler Higby, Irv Smith, O.J. Howard, Ian Thomas, who I think most dynasty owners are ex- are excited about going into 2020, Johnu Smith, and Mike Gusecki. Ryan? Yeah, I would just I would just want to make a case for Gerald Everett there. I think I, I had him in this same tier with the others. I know you guys both had him a tier uh, below, but... I think it's a similar profile and a similar situation to Higby. We saw Higby do it at the end of the season. Of course, that's more fresh in our memory, and especially if he if he helped you win a title. But uh, Everett was doing those same things, putting up very similar numbers uh, be- before his injury. So if you look back to the middle of the season, Gerald Everett had four top seven tight end finishes in a six-week span. Higby had uh, had five to finish the season, so five straight in five games. Um, I don't think they're just going to stick Everett on the bench and, and let this be Higby's show. So whether it's a, a situation like uh, what we saw in Philadelphia last year where they're, they're both on the field and, uh, and producing or, uh, or even if Everett overtakes Higby, I think he's certainly going to have a role. Yeah, and if they – you know, if they move on from Brandon Cooks for some reason, or Brandon Cooks doesn't rec- just doesn't recover from all these concussions that he had last year, then I think Everett could certainly fill that role. I think the main difference between Everett and Higby for me is that Higby is more of that, you know, in in the line of the those guys at the top that that play every snap because they are are great blockers and great in the in the run game as well. Whereas I think Everett is more of that pure receiver, maybe more in that Evan Ingram kind of tier kind of of, of mold, you know. So if less they're going to just switch the 12 personnel completely then I, I think Everett might be the one that you know plays sees less time but we have to remember that that uh, Sean McVay did draft him and basically say he was his his Jordan Reed and all that so uh, that's a really good point Ryan he probably at least deserves consideration for that that same tier yeah I personally I felt a little more comfortable with him in the next tier but I can see the points that you make for sure. They're, there's, they're all valid. And while I, I, we've talked about having two tight ends ranked relatively high, high in the past, it's, it being a little bit of a risk, it seems like it could be with Sean McVay in place and, and he, the way he calls his offense and changes, seems to change it at least to, to the personnel that he has available in that specific game. There at least is a chance that it's in the range of outcomes that Everett and Higby both have nice seasons. Uh, Since Everett was ranked one below for both of us, unless you're Matt willing to move Everett up yourself, he's staying. I'm I'm certainly happy with that because we also saw the decline of Cooper cup when both of these guys were playing on the field. And I want Cooper cup to come back to, to the first half of 2019 season. So let's leave leave Everett in tier four. So for selfish Absolutely. reasons, Matt's completely out, biased, Ryan. completely Sorry. personal bias, and <laughs> desires for all my all my own dynasty teams. 
All right, let's move on to that tier four, and and we're going to start with Gerald Everett. I think we've covered him thoroughly. There are some some other interesting names for sure in this one. Lots of youth, lots of guys that were were thinking maybe can turn the corner if given the opportunity. Guys like Jay Sternberger in Green Bay and Dawson Knox in Buffalo. If either of those two teams don't sign a veteran or invest in the position in the draft. Also, Chris Herndon, who has messed with injuries but still has some upside. And then there's some vets, guys like Jared Cook and Eric Ebron. Greg Olson fell into this tier for a couple of us as well. Let's talk about this group as a whole, Ryan. What do you like about it? And who who are the guys that you think have the most upside among these fellas? This is certainly an odd group. It, it always feels weird when you're comparing those those high upside players that are, are really unproven at this point to the veterans who are just nearing the end of their career. And uh, you talk about Greg Olson and Jerry Cook, and, and maybe even you throw Ebron on that end of things compared to Sternberger and Knox, who, who we just don't know yet, but, but we're excited to find out. Uh, besides Everett, the player that really stands out to me is, is Chris Herndon who had a really nice season in 2018 as a rookie. And he was he was a real sleeper this time last year, or a trendy sleeper. He was one of these guys that we were chasing and, and maybe even overvaluing potentially. And then, like you said, his season was just wrecked with a, a suspension and, and multiple injuries. And it was definitely one to forget for him. I think he only played in uh, a, a part of one game. But... As a rookie, he was the the tight end sixteen, and scored a, a handful of touchdowns. So, uh, it, in that offense, he could, you know, he could he could quickly be the second or maybe even the first option if if he can get things turned around. I think he's one of the top dynasty buys this offseason. Yeah, I like him as a buy as well. Other guys that I'm buying in this tier, Jay Sternberger and Dawson Knox, they're they're both relatively cheap, or actually really cheap. Um, but there is that looming factor. Are they going to sign veterans? There are a couple that we talked about earlier that could land in those cities that could drastically change their values. Guys like Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper. Matt, this group that we're talking about here, also involves a couple other guys that that you think stand on the same or stand in the same tier as Everett and Herndon and Sternberger, Ebron, Cook, Knox, and Olson. You had guys like Vance McDonald and Foster Moreau in here. Uh, talk a little bit about them and then what stands out for you in this tier. Yeah, I think this is where those this is where if say let's say you draft Noah Fant or let's say I draft Noah Fant early and I'm not comfortable with him as my starter. This is where those veterans that I think you can plug in week to week and you're not going to get that ceiling every week certainly. But Jared Cook, I think the only reason why he isn't a tier up is is probably because of the age factor. We know Drew Brees is coming back now and Cook was was a was a producer for us, a tight end seven last year overall. So he, he has the ability to produce as that tight end one. Jack Doyle, I think, is still pretty impressive finished as tight end 15 last year uh, despite the quarterback situation there so uh, you know with Ebron moving on now as, as a free agent somehow Ebron's only 26 years old still somehow 
so he's going to be a, to probably be a starter somewhere uh, now now that he's moving on. Uh, so he's interesting. Uh, you know, obviously has all the athletic talent in the world and proved that he has touchdown upside down uh, upside as well in, uh, in in 2018 for us. So uh, he'll probably obviously never get back to that 13 touchdown season or whatever it was. But he's interesting as well. And then Foster Moreau, yeah, I included him here too because I think down the stretch he was you know just as impressive impressive as Darren Waller was. So you know we we've got a, a couple of teams now uh, with with Philadelphia and uh, you know we'll talk about Kyle Rudolph later I wish he would just go away but I think that's going to be another situation where we have 12 personnel the Rams like we talked about so I think Oakland you know especially if they're you know, they're probably going to go out and get a, a big time receiver you think they would have to but if for some reason one of the rookies they draft doesn't work out or maybe they have another veteran signing that doesn't quite work out then they might be running a lot of 12 personnel too and so Moreau I think offers similar upside to to Darren Waller at, at a much younger age. So he belongs here, I think. Vance McDonald, another guy that I think we're just waiting on for health. You know, is the other one. They just can't stay healthy. Athletic is all get out playing for a good team. Roethlisberger is coming back, so there's a chance that, that he fills a void there. And, 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 you know, if he is healthy, I think he, he might be one of these veterans that we can start while we're waiting for some of these younger guys to kind of develop and catch up. So this is a really interesting tier, too. You mentioned it with the veterans and the, the mix of the young guys. Um, the other guy, obviously, Sternberger. I hope uh, hope Jimmy Graham gets out of the way and lets him do something for the, for the Packers this year yeah the writing's certainly on the wall that that's going to happen um but but I, I don't think it's a given that the Packers won't try to bring in another tight end I, d- I don't know if they necessarily think or are convinced that Sternberger can handle that job by himself for the record Matt another dollar in the jar you called them the Oakland uh, you're gonna have to fix I, I'm, that. I'm doing a, a did in the mock too and I noticed all the LVRs next to the name there's no excuse for that this is this is not a, a great day for my team memory <laughs> situation I guess I guess not. Not So tier four, we had the consensus of Gerald Everett, Chris Herndon, Jace Sternberger, Eric Ebron, Jared Cook, Dawson Knox, and Greg Olson slides in there because of his, uh, his new home, I guess, in Seattle, at least for one year. Let's talk a little bit about the guys beyond tier four, guys. There's, there's some consensus guys that fell into tier five for us. Kyle Rudolph and Vance McDonald. Uh, Foster Moreau, who Matt just talked about as well. Blake Jarwin is a guy with a little bit of upside in Dallas as well. Is there anybody in Tier 5, Ryan, that that you're excited about owning, that you're at least in a semi-deep league, uh, really one at the bottom of your bench? Yeah, the player that stands out to me is is Will Disley, and I think we all pretty much know the story with him. Uh, a couple of very serious injuries during his two years in the league you look at the time he has he has been on the field and he's been a tight end one more than half of half the time half the games he's played in his career uh so as we talked about in the last year now he has greg olson to contend with i still kind of think that's that's maybe just an insurance policy and but that signing is is certainly just going to make disley even cheaper and and maybe even free honestly so he's definitely a a player that i would be sending some some low ball offers for or even checking waiver wire for yeah i I really like that call i i discounted him just like probably most dynasty owners are doing because of the olsen signing but maybe it's just an insurance policy for disley staying healthy because that's the only thing that's really stood in between uh, him and, and you know fantasy success maybe even going all the way up in that tier three or tier two two range um, I guess the, the, again the Olsen signing is a little bit of concern because we already know that that's a pretty low volume passing offense we know that Metcalf and and Lockett to a, to a little bit lesser extent probably going forward are 
going to eat up the majority of those targets. So if you're splitting the tight end targets amongst two or three guys, because Hollister, Jacob Hollister had a few good games in there too. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a volume issue, I think, for, for all three of these guys. It does seem to me that the guy that's supposed to be the guy at tight end in Seattle is the guy week in and week out. When, you know, Hollister, nobody even knew he was in Seattle until the injury happened to Disley. And while a lot of people are concerned, a lot of dynasty owners are concerned about Disley's tight touchdown dependency to, for that fantasy production, it's it's now multiple seasons that we've seen this. And, and while, like you said, Matt, a lot of those that – that passing volume is going to be spread to the outside with those wide receivers. It seems like a lot of that volume inside the 20 yard line goes to those tight ends. They like to use Disley down there. I'm sure they'll use Olsen in the same type of way, whether that's the quarterback or how the offense is, is drawn up to me. It feels like Disley is, is a guy that could belong in a tier higher. And if not for that injury that you talked about Ryan or, or those two injuries, I guess those serious injuries, he would be a little bit higher despite the addition of Greg Olson. So if we throw him in there with Moreau and Jarwin, McDonald and Rudolph, Matt, is there anybody else you think belongs in this tier? Uh, yeah, I like, uh, you know, obviously completely flyers at this point, but Josh Oliver and Kahale Waring, I think are, are interesting players that never really got a shot mostly because of injury. Um, and then I had, I had, uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph here, but honestly, I just wish Kyle Rudolph would get out of the way. So uh, he's there mostly as like, again, that, that guy that you draft as a fail safe that, you know, is going to be on the field. You know, he has certainly has touchdown upside as he proved last season for the Vikings. So he's there just because of that. And then I threw some other guys in there. Jordan Thomas kind of took over uh, a little bit once Kyle, well, Kahale Waring never really had the job. Let's be honest. And Jordan Thomas got hurt again. Uh, so it kind of became the Daryl fell fell show there. Uh, uh, and then, you know, if if uh, if O.J. Howard continues to disappoint or maybe they just move on from Brait, you know, he's a guy who has just demonstrated some ability in the past. And then Tyler Eifert kind of there again as kind of a kind of a dart throw in this range. Just that he's a bit of a cut above the, 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 the that final tier for us below. Uh, I think he still has a little bit on those guys like uh, Adam Shaheen and Caden Smith and C.J. Ozoma and some of these other guys we're going to talk about. Yeah, you know, the upside, I guess, that, that we've talked about here, um, maybe that exists with Disley and, and Jarwin. There's a little bit with McDonald. Some of the guys you're mentioning there, Matt, uh, Eifert and, and Brait, and it, it just doesn't feel like they're going to make that jump and, and suddenly become a guy you can depend on, even, even on a more than re- semi-regular basis. It seems like to me... There are a couple guys in this tier that, at least with touchdown production, could create that kind of value for dynasty owners. Yeah, I agree. Matt Matt was digging pretty deep there. Uh, Disley and Jarwin, I, I think those were the names, the exact names you mentioned, Dan. I could I could kind of see a case. That right now, we've got a five, uh, a group of five of Rudolph, Vance McDonald, Jarwin, Foster Moreau, and Disley. I could make a case to move Jarwin and Disley up a tier. Uh, which would put them in that group with Knox and Sternberger and, and some of the others that we'd already talked about. And then just, and then it just becomes everyone else. Yeah. Um, of course, of course, Jarwin, we know it looks like Jason Witten is probably gone from Dallas. Uh, and, and that Dallas tight end position uh, has been a good one. Maybe that's just because it's been Jason Witten for a dozen years, but I, I think it would be a, a spot where Jarwin could just step right in and put up 
uh, at least solid backup tight end numbers from a fantasy standpoint, and maybe even better than that. Yeah, I like that a lot. It really felt like, especially throughout the Will Disley conversation, and now you you added those points about Jarwin, that they did belong a lot closer to the Jace Sternberger and Dawson Knox and and maybe even the top of that that Tier 4 with Gerald Everett and Chris Herndon than they do with these other names that we're mentioning here, Rudolph, McDonald, Moreau, who has a little bit of that upside. But as we talk about the next tier, the which, which – what we had originally a lot of those same types of names come up and and whether it whether it be Josh Oliver and Warring which Matt mentioned or Hayden Hurst which kind of kind of falls into that range Adam Shaheen and Eifert was mentioned there there's some veterans like Jack Doyle and Delaney Walker Jimmy Graham uh if he's back Trey Burton Darren Fells that that's just the rest of the league so I I'm on board if you want to move those two guys up move Rudolph or leave Rudolph McDonald and Moreau with the rest of those names I mentioned as everybody else, anybody else you want to roster in those deep leagues. I'm cool with that. You Matt. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Just for the sake of wrapping this up, I do think Doyle belongs higher up. I think he is a starter and, and, you know, maybe not a, a every week starter for you, but again, if you have one of those upside tight ends that you're not comfortable with week to week, I think Doyle is somebody that can, can put up fine numbers for you. Uh, tight end 15 and 2019 and 2018, he was injured in 2017. I believe he was a top 20. Actually he was no, he was tight end eight in 2017. Uh, the last fully healthy season before uh, last season. And that was, in that season, uh, I believe, when Eric Ebron was so good as well. So I think Doyle has a little bit uh, cut above the rest of these guys, uh, but he's certainly up there up there in age. Uh, so I, I can understand why you would have him down here. But he's I think he's a cheap target that you can have as a, as a fill-in starter pretty easily. I'm probably okay with that as well for dynasty owners that want that that veteran on their roster when the, when they got a bunch of those young guys already in place. So before we get out of here, let's recap our – DLF Dynasty Podcast Consensus Tight End Tiers. Tier 1 went George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews. Tier 2 got a little bigger with Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, TJ Hawkinson, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, and Dallas Goddard. In Tier 3, we had David Njoku, Tyler Higby, Irv Smith Jr., O.J. Howard, Ian Thomas, Johnu Smith, and Mike Gusecki. Tier 4 covered Gerald Everett, Chris Herndon, Jay Sternberger, Eric Ebron, Jared Cook, Dawson Knox, Greg Olson, Blake Jarwin, and Will Disley. And Tier 5, only five tiers on this episode, fellas, is pretty much everybody else. Anything else to add before we get out of here, Ryan? No, I just keep going back to the the depth of this position. I mean, this is one that we felt it feels like we talked about for a couple of years of uh, just being a disaster and outside of the top eight or ten, you didn't you didn't want anybody. It does not feel like that uh, right now. Lot, lots of hope at that position, Matt. No, I just I echo Ryan's sentiments. You know, right now it feels like you know ten or eleven out of out of the tw- teams in a 12 team league can have a tight end that they feel really good about. Or if you're, you know, you play in a tight end premium league that, you know, is a true tight end premium league, then you can feel pretty good about using some early draft capital on grabbing multiple of these top, top 10 to 12 guys and, and feel like you're going to get your money's worth in terms of production from these guys. So very deep. And then we have that next tier of all these upside guys that can certainly make the leap in a year from now. 
Yeah, it was a good decision or a good conversation, I should say. Four good conversations as we covered quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends over the last month. It's time to transition to new rookies, though, guys. Combine right around the corner. In fact, it might have started by the time some of these listeners turn this this podcast on. So we're going to dig into these rookies, cover the combine thoroughly, get into rookie rankings, and talk about 40 times all the stuff that we're itching for this offseason in the coming weeks. For now, though, for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.